Another translation says every town and villages. Then he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves, so we must go preach where there are wolves. Do not take a pulse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone along the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest with them. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the workers deserve his wages. Do do not move around uh, from house to house. That is when you find a house of peace. When you enter the town and are welcome, eat what is said before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near. You know what? This scripture came to me just before I would teach you further on, on, on you know, uh, the marriage we finish. This scripture came to me that these things had, have happened in CFT over 28 years. We went to villages. We started our mission I will talk to you more about that you know, on the anniversary. We, the, the moment this church started, our first mission was to Greece. Not Athens, but a village called Galaxidi. Where somebody got saved and we were baptizing them in the river right there. The first place I went and there was no toilet. It was in Greece. Yes. In that village. And we ate anything they gave us. I remember I was welcomed with um, um, black coffee. It was as thick as a mud. Naive as I was. Instead of me to sip it, I've never drank such before. I swallowed everything. And the moment I swallowed it, I had the bitterness percolated all the membranes of my nerves in my head. And they quickly stretched to me another bowl that has jam locally made from the back of um, um, this, this plant, what do you call it now, a lemon or something like that. And they told me to eat it. I ate honey and it did not quench the bitterness. And my, the Greek member who took me there, she was the first woman to be ordained in Christ's faith tabernacle, Pastor Maureen Panagos. She said, Pastor, you are welcome to Greece. <laughs> we have been to Togo, villages, a place called Lumi, which is the city. We have been to Agwe, which is a village. And from Agwe, we went to Klulugu, where God healed the madman who was mad for 40, 40 something years. And we slept in the village. The house, the room, we did not book for. Not knowing where we sleep, but when we entered, God had prepared a room where we were taken and given first class service by sleeping on 
branches of wood. And the rest of my pastors slept on the mud floor. And the house is built with mud. It was in that place that God healed the madman of 42 years, I think he was. It was in that place that we first entered into a shrine of the devil. Wolves. Jesus said, I sent him to the midst of wolves. The most deadly man in the whole country of Satan was the head of the compound. Where all those who have powers and rulers come to be fortified by demonic power. We never knew where we were sent by Jesus. But there was a contest, face-to-face contest with devils. And Jesus did incredible wonders. It was the first time I saw, like Dagon fell in the Bible, an idol set before me fell to the ground. Three times, an angel of the Lord kicked it, and it rolled and fell to the ground. What Yoruba call Yakata. He fell, Yakata. You didn't get what I said. Satan fell flat on his back. We have been to villages in Benin Republic, Jegato, Bordeaux, Kandivie. Moving from village to village to the very place on the stronghold of Satan, making a public show of the devil, triumphing over him by the cross, messing up those who have messed up people's lives. I mean the idols. We saw devil roar. And devil saw Jesus real. Hallelujah, somebody. Places where there is no, no comfort, where there is no telecommunication. If we are slaughtered and killed, nobody will ever know our graves under heaven. But for Jesus, this church went there. We never saw it as suffering, but we saw it as fulfillment of the mandate. Eat raw pepper for food. Pepe and Agidi, where the villagers could not afford to cook. So, I remembered one of the villages I wanted to eat fish. And they told me that it would take them four hours journey to get me fish. They go once in a week to buy the fish. And once it's arrived, it's gone. Alright? So they wanted to go. I had to say, no, if it's four hours to buy fish, because I want to eat fish, give me what you have. And they gave us food, where herbs is our meat and fish. Because they could not catch a, a, a meat in the forest. And we had to eat the herbs that they, they, they eat. I remember when we went to a place called Ketu, and the voodoo king of Ketu offered us drink. And in the drink was pyrogyra flying around. But we have to drink it. Because in their culture, if you don't drink from the same calabash, you can't preach Jesus there. And that gave me access to the strong room of the God deity that was given by Odudua, the founder of Yoruba kingdom. It was in that place we met a man who every night he sleeps in the coffin and he closes it. He does not sleep in bed. 
so occultic, he sleeps in the coffin. So he says to us that in boasting, I die every day. I can never be killed by man. Or by the time we spend three days, before the audience, the man raised his hand to the sky and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What more will I tell you? What about Lumi in Togo? When a woman was dedicated as a sacrifice to Baal called Kweku, and the seventh day the woman would die, and somebody went and told them there is a crusade by Christ's tabernacle in Lumi, and if you bring this woman, she will not die. And when the voodoo priest heard, the voodoo priest said, I will come to that crusade. That any God that will change this woman and heal this woman from the spell we put on her, I will serve that God. Because the voodoo priest said, he is 100% sure that the woman is dead. That is carcass working. At this time, the woman was paralyzed feet and and, and the two legs are paralyzed and hands. And they had to carry her lifeless to the meeting. Only with her mouth open, breathing from her mouth. And when the power of God came down, hit the woman where she was laid. She fell from that bench to the ground. And as continued to move, I, I heard noise behind me. The woman rose up. And she started singing, Mawubagwe, Akwenao, Mawubagwe, Akwenao. The voodoo priest fell to the ground on his face and said, Jesus is truly Lord. I say, Christ for tabernacle. We have seen the hand of God heal the lame, the blind. It is not only preaching in the cities, we are preaching in the cities, we are preaching in the What about UK? Lancet, Devonshire, we were called from um, built by an Anglican church when witches, white witches put blood in front of the church and all the parishioners disappeared for six months. They ran away. And I took a team here to the place. We opened the door where the blood is, took water, washed it because of them. Just opened the door, we didn't pray over it because to pray over Satan is useless. We opened the door and all my members went in. They were still standing outside. I said, come inside here. Who oh, they said, we haven't prayed. I said, no, we don't need to pray over devil. Come inside. The earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. And we entered the place where they put the blood. Okay, bring water. With my hand, in those days there was no AIDS. I used my hand to wash the blood away from the, from the entrance of the, of the gate. Just for them. I said we will have left the blood there so that we are worshipping here. I want the blood to do something if it can do anything. Then we now said, let's go to all the, take me to all the covens of witches in this city. And they took us the second day. Twelve covens from Butte to Ephracum. We lay hands on them too physically. We shut this place down in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We move to the next one. And we shut down, lay hands on all those, those buildings, shut them down. Six months, they were all gone. In builds. United Kingdom. What will I say? What about the kingdom of Egypt? You want to hear more? 
Don't miss any night during this year's convention. This is the month of what? I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you. <laughs> Did you hear what uh, Dickens Zach said when he was leading you in prayer? He said, when fever rests upon you, power will work for you. Somebody say amen. amen. That is what will happen to you in this season. So this is a church that are fulfilled exactly as written in the scriptures. Exactly. We do not do anything except it is in the Bible way. And you are going to see increase of that now. It's going to spill over to you. I said it's going to spill over to you. All right, now let's talk about marriage. Pastor Tayo, check my time. Today is Friday, isn't it? I didn't hear you, church. So yesterday we are looking at marriage. Key to the success of marriage is what? Look at your books. What is the key to the success of marriage? Eh? No. The first thing I taught you yesterday, key to, the su- to a successful marriage, number one. So look at your write-up and talk to me now. I've heard the pastor say it, yes? Eh? Subject to the sovereignty of God. Unless the Lord build your house, you labor in vain. And that is subject to the sovereignty of the Lord. That is the key to a successful marriage. Where the two parties involved completely subject themselves individually to God's sovereignty. What do you need to build your marriage? Let's speak now. Look at what you wrote. Knowledge. Let's say wisdom. Answer me together. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding. Now, I gave you the scripture of the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 3 and 5 to 5. By wisdom a house is built. Let's read together, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. Now, I told you to write these things down because I was talking to the, the workers few minutes ago that I have been doing a lot of research into God and into Christians. And I'm looking at the life of Christians and those who followed God in the Bible. And I found out that God has not changed. There is no new God. Christian God is the old one. He didn't change because of computer science. If your God changes because of computer, then that God is a God made by man. Are we together? Social media don't affect God at all. He gave the knowledge to all these things. Heaven is more sophisticated than your world. Highest civilization is heaven. And man has not been able to reach even one hundredth or one thousandth of it. But then, of course, we discover that Christians change a lot. From the people of the old. So what I'm doing right now is downloading information of the people of old. So that the people of the new can become of old. So that the encounters and the manifestations of old can be seen in the new people. 
Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. That is all I live for. We want to prove. CFT members want to prove that the Bible is true. Full stop. And if you look at that scripture that I gave you, I said to you, it's not only for marriage. That is a principle for life. By wisdom, you can build a house. Any house, any house, business, life, family, household, you need wisdom. By understanding, you can establish it. Anything you do in life, if you don't have understanding, you just fail. And it's through knowledge you can add values to your life. Fill the room with all good things. Increase your knowledge every day. The knowledge of 10 years ago is all, it's not obsolete, but it is fading away. Like Second Corinthians said, the Old Testament is fading away. And it says, a wise man has great power. Wisdom is power. Knowledge is strength. Potential and kinetic energy combined together. But then we ended up yesterday looking at the rule for Christian household, which is, say it loud, say it loud, one more time, say it loud, say it again. And we began from reciproc- the law of reciprocality. That submission is reciprocal. The mother submits to the father. So a woman must not marry a man that you can't submit to. Because it's a command of God. The children submit to their mother and to their father. And that brings... A response downline as you have upline. Because the father and the mother submit to the wishes of the children. Feed the child, care for the child, any need that faces the child, the parents do go extra mile to meet it up. But if you are not careful, when a child you are growing older, you may begin to think that you are wiser than your dad or mom. And Satan sets him for destruction. They used to say something that there is a city and all the old people are dead. And it's a city of the young. The end of it is the rule of Absalom and the rule of um, uh, um, Jeroboam. The kingdom destroyed, torn to pieces. Now, I helped you understand something yesterday that I'm going to really stem on more today, though brief. Your life today is as a result of your life yesterday. If you enjoy peace today, it's because you sow peace yesterday. Some years ago. If you enjoy promotion today, it's not by virtue of what you have done now. It's by virtue of what you have done previously. So, if in your life you are having problems today, just change your seat, which is your mindset. How you treat your life, how you treat others, 
Submit to the sovereignty of God without arguments. And you will change your tomorrow. Well enough, if my today is bad, no problem. I must have followed the path that ended me here. So I changed my direction. Because my life is not ending today. I have future. If I can change my direction today, I have a better future. What the devil does to believers is that he will make you be stiff-necked on your old ways that has given you, not been profitable to you. And that must not happen with any one of you. Come on now. Godliness is dynamic. Okay? So, I gave you Colossians 3, 18 to 19. Ephesians 5, 21. And Proverbs 12, verse 4. Number 5 today. Because that was number four, isn't it? Yes? That was number four. We just finished. Number five today, God blesses unity in marriage. In anything, God blesses unity. What we are looking at, the ingredients that make a happy home. Those are the things you are focusing on. God blesses unity. I often say that unity is the bedrock of understanding, of production, of success. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 133, 1 and 3, 1 to 3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell, live together in unity. And when the Bible says brothers there, it means brothers. Anytime you have the Bible say brothers, it's talking about blood bonding. We are, born, we are brothers because it's including both male and female. We are saints because of the blood of the Lamb. So, in marriage, what is the bonding? Blood exchange through sexual intercourse. Once you sleep with a person, there's a blood covenant with that. Because if we read the book of Genesis chapter 1, the word wife was never mentioned until the Bible says, and the man had intercourse with his wife. Verse 24 and 25. Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 2. Go up. Genesis chapter 2. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and, they will, be, they, and will become one flesh. The man and his wife were what both? Both what? Now, let's, shall we read it together? The man? Read it again. I didn't hear you here. 
So if a man is naked to somebody who is not his wife, the man should be ashamed of himself. If a woman sees her nakedness to somebody you have not, that hasn't married you, you should be ashamed of yourself. That is what God is saying. So clear. Isn't it? Come on now, let's speak. Hey, hey. Hey, Pastor, can you increase my, my preaching time to one hour? So if there's another question I ask and people don't answer me, double it up. So we'll cover everything from Genesis to Revelation about what I'm saying so that you can respond to me. I said that a man must not open his nakedness to any woman unless the one you are put ring inside her hand as married. You, see, you believe that? Say amen. amen. And a woman must not open her nakedness, sleep with a man. If that man had not taken an oath as your husband. You believe that? Say amen. amen. If anybody does that, what should you do? Feel ashamed of himself. I'm not talking about sexual intercourse in marriage now because when I talk about that, I like to be very biological and explain a little bit of philosophy of genetic engineering and spiritual engineering. That Bible says a man was naked with his wife, woman. That's why a man should not sleep with a man. It's abomination. Neither should a woman sleep with a woman. It is abomination. Because in the beginning God created them male and female. Husband and wife. And so it shall be forever and ever. Somebody say amen. Amen. Therefore, if you are naked to a woman, then you must be united with her. If you are naked to a man, then you must be united with that man. And so the Bible says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like oil, precious oil poured on the head. Yes? So when there is unity in the home, God will pour oil on the man. Because there is unity. He is the head. I showed you yesterday. Remember? God pours the oil on the head. Running down on the collar. And the anointing does not remain on the head, though the head is the one that receives it. But the one who enjoys the benefit most is the collar, which is the woman. So where husband and wife are so united, you will always have peace, happiness. You will have the best of both. I mean the best of the man. If a man makes his wife happy, your wife can die for you. I guarantee you. Women are built by God to protect their husband more than themselves. You know why? Because women protect their children more than anything. Go and look at chicken. Look at animals. I was young. No, I think when I was young. I think that's a better way to phrase it. Isn't it? When I was young, I used to love dogs. Babies of dogs. They are yellowish. 
and love them so passionately. I love them more than the babies of chicken. So, this dog has babies and he's taking the babies into the pool and running out of the pool and he was going and the babies, something about dog is that they walk in the front, the babies follow them at the back. So, while the babies were following the dog at the back and I went and I picked the baby and I was playing with the baby. And you know, suddenly I saw something jumped on my chest and beat me. <laughs> but I didn't drop the baby. I held the baby and I was screaming. I was shouting, calling my mother, not my father. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and suddenly, he came again and he beat me. Shy. And my mother said, drop the baby, drop the baby. And when I dropped the baby, the baby was almost dead because they are very fragile. And I ran to my mother. My mother said, it serves you right. He said, why do you, what gods have you to take another man's child? He said, can someone come and take you from me? He says, that's the baby of that dog. I said to my mother, but it looks beautiful. My mother said, yes, you can only stand away and admire the baby. You see, the dog man didn't care, but the dog woman beat me. Women are very protective of their children, of their husband. The second story was this chicken. And a hawk came. You know, in Nigeria, we used to see hawks. They will, they, will be, they will be flying. When they start flying, you hear the chicken make a different sound. Then you know there's hawk up there. So people who like to eat hawk, get their catapult and quickly get the hawk if they can. But suddenly the hawk will just come from nowhere. Boom, pick a chick. And I saw a mother hen. They, as they... You know, the mother hen will spread her wing for all the children to come under when the hawk comes in. And when this hawk, one of the, you know, the mother hen was moving and the hawk had docked all over the whole place and just came. You know, the mother hen flew up and beat the hawk. And it was biting the hawk as the hawk was going to higher heights. Until that hawk dropped the baby. And then the mother hen flew. Identity changed because of the nature. That is what a woman is. Especially if a wife feels secured in the hands of a man, loved, cherished in the hands of a man. And a man gives the wife peace. Similarly, if a woman is so loving and submissive, you can demand for the head of your wife in a cold platter, and you get it. I didn't say she commit murder. <laughs> that is just an adage. The man will give you everything he has. The man will not withhold from that woman anything. But you see, love is a function of unity. And unity is the reality of love. Are we together now? 
Therefore, it is the bedrock of marriage. If you look at these scriptures, therefore, you can write this down. There are some things I'm saying that you should be writing down. If you didn't pick it up, take the tape and write it again. I'm giving you medication that will make you happy all your life. The success of a man will be so truncated if there is no unity in the home. The success of a woman will be so truncated if there is no unity in the home. I will get it now. I think I need to tell you one more story. You like my stories, don't you? Tell somebody, thank God it's Friday. I don't like that way you are talking. You know, Pastor, Pastor Tayo is here to increase my hours. If My father told me a story one day. He took me from school. I was in standard three. Don't ask what that one means. In our own time, you will read primary one, primary two, primary three. Then you read standard one, standard two, standard three. Before you go to... We spend about is eight years in primary school reading standard and no standard. Whatever the case may be. My father picked me up and said, I should follow. I followed my father and we went to a place called Love Garden in Lagos. Love Garden is around where, you know, not far from um, the General Hospital then, going from General Hospital down to Nikon. And when we were passing, my father said, look at all these men. They were sitting alone on the chairs, you know, in Love Garden parks. In, in Nigeria, we have this park. It's called Love Garden. Alright? And that garden is supposed for husband and wife to go and sit down together on a chair and have, a, you know, talk, romance and all stuff like that. But the Love Garden at Onikon, when we got there, all the chairs were filled with men. And my father asked me, where are their wives? And these men will come... And they'll be discussing by race course, behind race course, they'll be discussing about politics, Akpalara, uh, and uh, the one that's not Palara. They'll be talking about all these politics like Labour Party and, and, uh, and the Conservative Party. And they will discuss till seven. They won't go home. My father now said, and there are some other people who will stand, sit down alone and they will do that. They'll be reading paper until it's dark, then they will do that. And I said to my father, why are the people here? They should, have gone, they should have gone to their... They finished working in race course, 25 stories at that time. They should have gone home. These are, these are people who are, you know, middle class and high class people. My father said to me, their home is fire. <laughs> Say, my son, their home is fire. He said, the moment they reach home, they go straight to their bed and sleep. Father sleeps separate, mother sleeps separate because their home is fire. I said, fire her. Ah. My father said, the wife they marry is a willy. <laughs> if they enter their house, is, is this the right time to come home? And if you answer too late, you may receive a slap on one cheek. And before you know it, a fight will ensue. So my father said, home is not exciting to go and he would tell me open your eyes before you choose a woman my stories are over 
Maybe there is a woman here who is a willy. May God make you repent. <laughs> so, write this down. The things that were, that, 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 the, the components of unity. One, cooperation. Two, collaboration. Where you have cooperation and collaboration, these two ingredients are the propeller of success in marriage. What is cooperation? Cooperation is the action of working with someone to create something. The action of working with someone to create something. That is cooperation. What about collaboration? Collaboration is interpreted as a group of people authorized to act as a single body. So, where you have cooperation, that is the attitude to work together in view of creating one objective. And you have collaboration, which is the act of really working together as one unit. So that what the husband is doing is what the wife is doing. What the husband is doing is towards what they have agreed. What the wife is doing is towards what they have agreed. Then there's unity. And we have resistance all the time. Question why, 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 why? <laughs> there are some situations that has no why. They just have to be. Are we together now? If you scratch your body, tell me why you scratch your body. Somebody tell me one reason why you scratch your body. Because it's itching you. But some other time you scratch your nose when it's not itching you, don't you? Yeah? If, uh, people do scratch their neck when nothing is itching it. The back of their head. Especially when you ask them a question and they are confused. Isn't it? Reflexly, their hand will go like that. Nothing is happening. Nothing is scratching that place. Huh? And you have some of that people, when they ask them some questions, they go, isn't it? So why? No, why? Not everything has why. <laughs> Amen. Oh, we don't know to know why anything. The important thing is to know what we want to achieve. If what we want to achieve is for the common good of this house, Everybody have joint responsibility, cooperation, and collaboration. Contributing according to your own ability. And not thinking that you should have equal contribution. It has to be according to the weight of ability. God is the weakness between you. Sometimes the woman has more than the husband. Sometimes the husband has more than the woman. If when the husband has more, she will not compel the wife that you have to meet up with these expenses, knowing fully well that she doesn't have enough. No man will do that. So if the woman earns more, she must never in her life do that. Oh, you are the one who should provide for me. No, the Bible didn't say that. This is joint enterprise. And that leads me to very quickly. The benefits of marriage. 
or benefits of unity in marriage. It says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return to their work. That's the first thing. Two are better than one because they have what? Good return to their work. The next one says, if one falls down, his friend can help him. But pity a man who falls and has no one to help him. Did you see this now? You will see cooperation and collaboration in all these. Then it says in verse 11, and, all, and also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? I will talk a bit about that. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly or easily broken. Now, if you look at this, all what I've been saying is like this just summarizes them. Isn't it? Come on, let me help you see this. Write this down. The first thing that he talks about is the benefits of marriage. The first thing is better financial capacity. Marriage brings better financial capacity. It says they will bring good returns or better returns. Number two, marriage brings support and help for one another. Isn't it? If one falls down, his friend will help him. But pity a man who falls and no one to help. That is verse 11. Verse 10. Verse 9 and verse 10 now. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Yes? Are we together now? Are we on the same page, Elder? Are we together? Did you get it? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Oh, the second thing is support and help. If you miss anything, just raise your hand, I will stop. Because this is teaching, it's not preaching. Support and help. And that is verse 10. If one falls down, his friend can help. You know, when the Bible says his friend, referring to husband and wife, that's what it should be. Your relationship started from friendship, isn't it? Come on now. Die in it. Die in being friends. I, don't, I want to teach you many things, so I won't tell you many stories. <laughs> but understand what I'm telling you. In the days when you're in courtship, you are pound no change. Hmm? Oh, your, your wife, your, your, your fiancé wants to buy, you know, uh, McDonald's for, 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 you know... And she, she had two friends, you know, as the man who is, you know, wanting to impress everybody. She only asked for McDonald's. Oh, no, 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 no. Let them have one. You can have one too. Is that not so? You must do that throughout your life, man. You must do that throughout your life. Oh, she says, and I love this cat. Oh, this is interesting. What about the top? What about the shoe to match? What about the bag? And you, you go and get some bags and shoes. Oh, she says it's too expensive. Oh, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Is, is that not friendship? 
Now, if you did all that to a woman and she married you, she doesn't expect something different at home, you know. She doesn't expect now that you who could buy all these colored bags and expensive shoes and stuff, just to give her money to go and buy stockfish. You're asking her for change. I mean... Oh, she said, I bought broccoli. Who sent you broccoli? <laughs> you wrote the list that you want to buy stockfish and ground rice. What's all this? As if you are the governor of the kitchen, mister. You understand? If I visit you in your house, and it is the man that is going to the kitchen to brew pounded yam and bring soup for me, I will have to ask the wife, what has happened in this house? Is the Lord Jesus still here? Because it was Mary and Martha who took care of such things, not Lazarus and just Joseph. Are we together? The same thing if I come to your house and I see your wife sweeping the kitchen after she has cooked. I would ask you. You cannot, uh, you cannot, um, what do you call this thing again now? Mm, mm, um, you cannot um, muzzle an ox when it's written on the coin. If your wife was cooking in the kitchen, and she has to be the one to sweep the house. What happens to you is that she may die early. And that day you suffer. Because you are the one who killed her. I will ask you whether you married a slave. Even if you married a slave, now it's illegal. Enslave somebody. I think the Bible tells us good. Poor plants. Apollo water. So you won't be a man who sits down reading paper. That's your duty at home. While everybody's running at a skelter. No, that is not godly. Help. Support and help. Number three. Comfort, romance, and affection. I put all that together. Comfort, romance, and affection. Verse 11 says, If two lie down together, they will keep warm. Comfort, romance, and affection. It must, not, it must not finish in your life. You can't be too old to romance your wife. You can't be too old to comfort your wife. You can't be too old to show affection. Some, your wife did something good, you look numb. They did bad, you look the same. Then they will be doing bad. Somebody will just feel that. She do, he doesn't even appreciate any good thing. Come on now. I think somebody needs to praise his wife for good things. Because women are quick to say thank you. Am I saying something true? A woman who is not quick to say thank you when the husband blesses her. She's not a woman. She has changed from a woman to who knows. Yes? In every marriage that is balanced... The woman says more thank you than the man. Because the nature God has created women. Anything you do, they say thank you. 
Even when they should not say thank you, they will say thank you. It's nature. But the man then needs to understand when your wife does anything, either her role, her duty, or favor. Okay, that is, she does her role, she does her duty, and something she does for favor is something that is not her role, but she did it. For all, you must say thank you. Your wife took money from you, she says thank you. She cooks the food and puts it in your front, you must tell her thank you. Because she cooked the food. Oh, she got you water when you are eating. Thank you. You must learn to say thank you. If you can't say thank you to man, you will never remember to say it to God. You see, something about wife and husband. All these things, if you cannot show them to your husband or wife, it's impossible for you to be able to relate with God in it. Because God had given you those things so that it will spew over, which is in your nature, Towards God Himself. And let me say this to you. I understand that there are some unusual cases in marriage. Okay? I'm not talking about that now. But I'm talking about a marriage of Christian man and Christian woman. Or even if you are married to an unbeliever and your unbeliever is willing to live with you in peace, then it's your duty too. Do you understand me? Some are victims too. Okay? And I'm not talking about that yet. Because there is always a better tomorrow for them. Number four. Cooperation, unity, strength, and defense. Cooperation, unity, strength, and defense. That is... Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Cooperation, unity, and we've gone through that, strength, and defense. You know, in the area of defense, the only thing I'll tell you is this. Sometimes you need to know this. When you are talking outside with other parties, it's not a place to wash your wife, your wife's linen in the public, or your husband's linen in the public. You protect one another. You cover the nakedness of the person you marry. You can communicate with eyes to one another when the other one is going out of line. And be sensitive to that communication. Because when one is speaking or when is acting, it is the other one that is not participating that can see through. You who is the actor or involved in the participation of discussion and stuff, you, you are focused on what you are doing, but the one who is listening can weigh and can watch that you are probably going in tangent, and when your spouse gives you a look, you must just dismiss the discussion or come back to the, to the line. You must protect one another. The shame of one another. Can I say something to you? If you are married to somebody and you had good time, the marriage was so beautiful, so good, and so, suddenly something happened and the marriage scattered. You know it does happen? Come on now, come on now, talk to me. Pastor Tayo, can you increase my time, please? I said talk to you. <laughs> 
And the marriage went their own ways. It could be separation and stuff like that. Do you know the rule from God? Every secret of one another that you knew, if you say it, you are cursed instantly by God. If you say the secret of your spouse to other people, you will invoke demons of hell to afflict you. And I'm going to end up by showing you a few other characters that invoke evil spirits to afflict Christians in a dimension that God will not be able to stop them because you have contravened eternal rule. The secret of one another you know, you go to the grace with it. It's not part of confession. If you now slander one another out of heart and hate, you begin to expose those secrets. Each time you do that, hell is really against you. That is not only binding to marriage, it is binding to every relationship. That is breach of confidence. You can't use that as a weapon to fight. Because after all, what about after all they said and done five years, ten years, you now come back together. Or two years or one year. You will never be able to call back what you have said. And that will affect that relationship for life. Even if that person didn't know you have done all the stuff. Are we together now? That is a spiritual order that God watches over. So, cooperation, unity, strength, and defense. Number five, which is the last one. Communication. Communication. The Bible says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And if you look at this cord of three strands, it's you, your wife, or your, your husband and wife, and the Holy Spirit. That's the three strands. So beginning from the benefit of financial capacity, right through to unity between the husband and wife, submission, so, sovereignty, of Christ over both. Now, I have just um, another five, ten minutes. In the book of Proverbs 1 8, it talks about listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. And this is to cap the, the, the issue of unity in the home. Fathers instruct. Mothers don't disrupt. Mothers teach. If the father says to the child, you cannot do this, mother explains to the child, the reason why you can is X, Y, Z. If father is instructing the child according to the the scriptures, godly instruction, if the mother waters it down, it's a matter of future, she will suffer. She will suffer. You see, the attitude that we do contrary to God on earth 
God will make sure we pay the price. Alright? Because when you die and go to heaven, there's no price to pay. And these are one of the reasons why Christians unnecessarily in the future suffer. But you know that affliction is, 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 is inflicted by demons. So which means that the, the theories of that man who the prophet I spoke to you about yesterday who has prophecy about Nigeria is correct that when you contravene God's rule, you release a spirit from hell to punish that very iniquity. And the only thing that can shut the door against the afflictor is repentance. Remember where you have fallen. And that's a principle that cuts across every aspect of life. So, in bringing up a child, father, mother must be united under God. And you must not spare your children the truth. Hard truth. Hard to swallow, you must give it to them raw. Not moderation. I will get together now. Pastor Tayo, please. I said I will together now. Alright. The final thing is I'm going to talk about the do's and don'ts. Which are the things that give room to either angels to bless your marriage or your life. Or demons to afflict Christians. Who have no control over Christians. But because you have given them the control. Look at the book of Ephesians. The first one of it is, do not give the devil a foothold. Anything the devil can do in your life is because you permitted it. If you are born again. How are? Are we together? I said the devil can't do nothing unless what you permit him to do. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Yay. The Bible is so simple. Only for the simple heart. If Satan did anything in the life of a Christian, it is not God who sent him. God will not tempt you with evil. Anything the devil does in the life of a Christian is because that Christian invited the devil by disobeying God in that area. Are we together? I told you, you may be anointed like fire, but you are a bad husband. Because anointing does not mean character. You didn't hear me? Is anybody here God anointed because you are so well behaved? No, before you were born in your mother's womb, God has ordained to give you that grace. That gift, he has ordained it. I've showed you that throughout the year, throughout the the, the past three months. Jeremiah, alright? Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I set you apart. So God had given you gift before you were born. So, but to be... To be well behaved, there is a lot of things that, that are involved in it. And part of it is knowing the word of God. Part of it is the company you follow. Part of it is those who are your informers. But then the fact is this. You cannot accept with me that if anybody misbehaves, he should go scot-free. And those who behave well should be the same like those who misbehave. That would not be an equitable system. Certainly God will punish every act of disobedience. He says so, isn't it? Come on now, say amen. amen. Now, let's look at this scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, 22 to 28. Things that you can do and you will invoke evil spirit. You will give devil foothold. 
And prayer won't change it, but repentance. Understand? It says you were taught with regards to your former way of life. Number one, underline that, former way of life. When you are a Christian, you should stop behaving the way you used to behave before you were born again. Because it will give the devil a foothold. Which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires. The former way of life, we love things that will destroy us. And those are the things we venture in. We think, we spend, some of us spend our time, most of our volume of time, thinking evil. Thinking about somebody who didn't do well, somebody who hurts you, somebody who meant what he did not mean. Reading omen, interpreting omen, that's what some of us do. Anybody who gives his brain to that, you are poisoning your system. And once Satan sees that frequency, he's attracted. And the Bible says if he's attracted, he will stand in that very frequency. That is a foothold. Then you will, you will begin to suffer unnecessarily. Then pain here, pain there. Somebody hates you there. Somebody who should love you, you're disappointed you because the way you have used your brain. You are still working in the former ways of life in which you used to love, where you, you follow the deceitful desires of this world. Christians should call themselves from all that thing. I will tell you one story when I finish now. Not a long story, but a short one. Verse 23. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. Be made new in the way you think. The Bible says make the most of your time. Hallelujah. I have spent enough time in this place. Let me move to this side. Amen. Amen. I can't hear you, church. Tell somebody make the best of your time. Most use of your time. Don't, you know something? I, I, I was sharing this with some people a few, few minutes ago. Do you know what? This is how my brain is working now. I don't have much time on earth. Neither do you two. If there's any one of you here who is going to live 100 years, it's a short time. I will be together now. And I began to ask myself for each hour, how much have I maximized this hour? Because if you waste one hour of your life, you have just wasted God's time of eternity. Because what you should have added to that one hour, which will have enhanced you as a child of God to be able to do better in what God is saying, you just wasted it. You just wasted it. So, I begin to give account of my hours now. If I have nothing to do in an hour, I better read the Bible, I better think about a scripture, I better think about a promise, or I better look for an academic, intellectual, something that will add values to my knowledge. I don't have to know what I studied as a career alone. I should know what others two are studying. You can't go to internet and waste the whole of the volumes of your life doing nothing when others are advancing in life. And when promotion comes to them, you are also praying for the same promotion. You have never worked for it. Listen to me. Renew your mind. Don't think like a heathen anymore. I was saying this today. You know, today, I was just, when I was, you know, having a thought with God, I just felt that, look, what, 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 what can you do that will excite angels? And I began to think about the things that will excite angels, and instantly my brain let me know, whenever you do things that excite angels, then they communicate with you. That's what has happened to you, isn't it? But if you are doing things that will, that will 
that will disappoint angels, you make your angels mute and you activate demonic activities too because demons are happy. They will come and be messing you up and your angel is there helpless because of what you have sold your mind to. And at the end of the day, Christians feel and say, oh, I passed, I prayed that God should... I, 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 it's even interesting. Some Christians, they will do exam, and after the exam, they will pray in God for mercy. Can you reason about that? You mean God will go and change the mind of the examiner? If you failed, you already failed. You are supposed to pray for knowledge and mercy before you went to the exam, so that you read well, and mercy will remind you. If when you go to the exam, once you have written it, God can't change it. God don't change what you have written. Because God will, be, God will not be equitable to have done that. He will be partial God to do that. Eh? You do something and then you are praying God for it. No, you pray before you do it. Because God can help you to do the right. Your mind must be renewed. Come on now. We have so much to do in life. Than to be thinking about somebody who offended somebody somewhere. Let them offend themselves. Let the dead bury their dead. Uh-huh. At least where we are in England now, all of you should know that you can be the next solution to the economy of England. After all, we have Brexited, and then when we go for free trade, it's free for all of, all of us free. Uh, that's what is free trade now. We are all free traders. <laughs> so when is free trade? Our government only go to China and negotiate. Who is going to do the, the trade? It's you now. You didn't get what I'm saying? That's why they call it free. You are free to go to China and begin to do the trade in China. Our Prime Minister just went to China now. I don't know. Some of you are not watching her. I am. Every word she says, I am writing it down. and looking for where is the money, oh God, from what the Prime Minister is saying. Legitimate. And we will access it. Are we together now? So... If I have that to think about, why would I be thinking about somebody who didn't greet me in church yesterday? Why should he greet me every time? I should allow him not to greet sometime, at least. <laughs> he didn't greet me in church. And so, if I greeted and he didn't answer me, maybe tomorrow he will answer me. Maybe today he's not happy. Hallelujah, I just pray that, Father, please let my sister be happy tomorrow, my brother be happy tomorrow. And tomorrow I say, hello, darling. Not saying that, but I greeted you yesterday, you didn't answer me. She now greet me tomorrow, he greet me tomorrow. How are you there? I say, but I greeted you yesterday, did you not see me? Oh, she saw you. He just didn't feel like greeting. And now that they greeted you, and you are more advanced spiritually, you just received the peace. And things go on. Come on now. Not put on self, verse 24, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness, not in, in a, a fake life and in, in a, you know, all this pretense. And when I say pretense, I mean you examining your own pretense, not you being the measuring rod for the pretense of others. I hope I'm clear. When I say pretense, I'm talking about you looking at where you are pretending. There are some people who say, ah, people are always pretending because they too they are pretending. You cannot suspect people of what you are not. Are we together now? As far as I'm concerned, if this man says in the camera, 
30 minutes and he left. Another stays in camera two hours. I can't have problem with him for 30 minutes staying. That is the grace he has. It's 30 minutes grace. Another two hours, one hour, 30 minutes. They will do, one hour, they will do it one hour. As long as the camera is not followed. Alright? I cannot because of that validating them. You are supposed to start three hours. Do you know what is wrong with his body? Maybe he didn't tell anybody he's sick. And the 30 minutes he's doing is even, you know, you know, just trying to make it happen. We, don't, we must change the way we think. You must change the way we think. <laughs> if you are unhappy with uh, the, the bath water, okay, you will throw both the baby and the bath water away. I will not, you understand what I'm saying? Come on now. Verse what? 26... No, no, no. Twenty-five. Therefore, each one of each one must put off what falsehood and speak what truthfully to his what neighbor. Talk less, your wife and your husband, for we are all members of one body. Shall we read verse twenty-six together, please? In your anger, do not. I can't hear you. Say it again. Turn to somebody and tell him. So he didn't say you should be angry. But do you know something? I have heard someone before. Angry anyhow. He said the Bible didn't say we shouldn't be angry. He said we should be angry, really. But he said we should not sin. If anger is all the time, then you have sinned. If everything is turning to anger. That is, a, that is grievous sin before God. Because he said in your anger, he didn't say you should be angry. But he said it is possible for you to be angry sometime. Not all the time. But he says when that time comes, control yourself. Don't speak in anger. For your words that you speak out of your mouth, you read it in the book of Proverbs, you cannot call it back. And he says, And do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Husband and wife must not be angry. And once you both sleep on the same bed, one face the east, the other face the south. Satan will lie in the middle that night without remedy. <laughs> let me tell you a joke. When my wife and I first married, you know, everything was beautiful, no, I mean, it's yes, everything is yes, you know. But after some time, when you have been married, and then you use the reservoir of yes, after some time, the yes reservoir will, will dry up. It needs to be refilled. And then the first no, my wife said the first time I said no to her, she was shocked. Can you ever say that? I said, for God's sake, every man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. So the first time mommy and I had arguments, it's not always about us, it's about a third party. Okay? Somebody did something and I didn't see it. And then she reported it. I said, Okay, that's all right. Just forget about it. And is that all what you will say? 
Can I fight the person? Just because my own nature, you offend me, you do anything, I, once I move away from you, I can't remember. You know, I was saying this, and this, this interests you. All those who have wedded in this church, I was just discussing it recently. Do you know sincerely, I can't remember the hall you wedded. I can't, and I'm serious. Really, if you describe to me the way your hall looked, I can't remember it. I would get it now. Oh, the, the clothes I wore, I didn't see it. I only saw white gown and I saw suit. But the detail of it, I don't see. I can't remember. Apostle, I spent 50000 I didn't know it. But if I come to the house you bought, I will remember that. Hmm? If I sit down on the sofa of your house, I will remember that. After marriage. If you bought, you brought your wife to visit me and you are riding a brand new jeep. Oh, yeah, yeah, what do you call this? Um, um, uh, 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 Range Rover, Vogue, or Vague, and stop. I can remember that this is a good car. Or a Mercedes Benz. Wow. After marriage. But if you tell me that, did you not remember the, I gave you caviar. I can't remember. I cannot remember. I was talking something. So if I can't remember that, therefore I can't remember somebody who hurt me yesterday. So that night, forget about it. How can I? I understand. Oh, you should be able to. Don't you know how serious it is? And that was the argument. So we got to the bed. My wife slept and turned her face to the wall. And in my house. <laughs> in my own house, my father and my mother. Really, my mother was a different human being. Only God knows how he created her. For once, never gave with my dad all her life. All her life. But if my father said something, and my mother suggested different, my father said, no, what my mother said is what he will eventually do. That was the kind of woman she is. You all be talking here, she won't say a word. If you ask her, can't you say something? She say, oh, you have said it all. But when it's prayer, she opens up. So in my house, they don't quarrel. So I don't know that because we disagree, my wife will turn away her face. When I got to the bed, I tap her, woman, turn your face to me. <laughs> and she did, mm, I think she had told you before. <laughs> I said that's my joke now. Turn your face to me, Joe. <laughs> and she said to me that she's not happy with me. I said, be happy with me. Okay, what do you want? I am sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that how you will say sorry? How do you want to say sorry? <laughs> okay, I am very, 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 very sorry because my father told me the day you sleep and face the east and your wife face the west, Satan will sleep in your middle. I don't want Satan to sleep here. <laughs> so anything you want, you want me to bribe you, any bribery you want, I give you. you know, my wife, it took a time for her to, one day she said, what kind of human being are you really? <laughs>
la la. <laughs> Don't let the song go now. But you know, my wife matured into what I'm telling you now. She doesn't. From that time, no more such quarrel. Because I would turn it to joke. In your anger, do not let song go down. And do not give the devil photo. That is giving the devil photo. You see that? A little disagreement that should not become a scuffle. Because one will not budge. And you keep on arguing and then tantrums. And before you know it, contrary to what you really desire, you are put apart. You give the devil photo. Somebody needs to keep quiet and let the wave calm down. It is pride that drives people into such. But you don't have to. What eventually you want to settle? Why don't you settle it from the beginning? Why do you keep on arguing it? Don't give the devil a photo. So Christians can give the devil a photo in their life, in their marriage. He, he who has been Stealing must steal no longer, but must walk doing something useful with his hand, that he may have something to share with those in it. Let me say this to you. You know that a husband can steal his wife's things, and a wife can steal her husband's things. Stealing is stealing. Huh? Appropriating someone else's property. Okay? With intention to deprive him permanently. So if your wife puts coins on the table, it's not your coins. You are together, it is hers. Because she has planned for that money. When she wants to use that money, she knows where she puts, she will look for it. So if you pick it up without telling her that, darling, I've just used the coins I saw on the table, you have stolen. Same thing with the woman to the man. You can't say that it's my husband's money. You must ask to take it. Or children to their parents. Oh, my mother, my father used to give me money from there. Or my mother used to give me money from there. And you go behind them and take it. That's stealing. You have to tell them that, look, mom, when you are away, I took this from this place. Or else because that person may have planned for it. Which when he gets there, didn't find it. Then somebody has taken it without permission. That's stealing. Yes? And if your husband kept some money in your hand or your wife kept some money with you and forgot it, you need to remind that person that you know that you gave me this money sometime. Okay? And now let me say that this should be applicable to to everybody. If somebody loaned you money and the person forgot that he did, if you don't pay it, you will invite Devara into your finance until that is sorted. You give the devil a photo. Finally, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to stop. Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk. This is what can grieve the Holy Spirit. 29 to 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful to the building others, to building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Did you see this now? Get rid of all bitterness. 
rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I want to finish here, but I want you to read this scripture and mark yourselves in or out of these scriptures. Because if you are engaging in this, the first one you engage in it, you give the devil a foothold. But if you are engaging in this, you will upset the Holy Spirit. I know without Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. We can't do anything. Without Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Are we together? Do we agree together? Without Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Look at what it says in that scripture. Shall we read that verse together? Get read. Verse 31. Hey, Pastor Tayo. I, I don't know. I'm sure that uh, the ushers have the tea, drum, and coffee out there. Yes? I may be calling for coffee break now. Let's read the scriptures together. Get read. Say it again. One more time. And then. Can you imagine that this can be, or any of such can be, in a marriage? But in some marriage it is. It is absurd for it to happen among brethren in church. Talk less. The person you sleep together in the same roof and have children together. Whose side will those children take? You can't make life ridiculous for your children by your own selfish ambition. The children didn't apply to come. You call them forth. And you must create an atmosphere for their sake that is harmonious and peaceful, even if it takes your eye to be gouged out. For them's sake. You can't keep malice under your roof. When you pay your rent every month or mortgage, Malice is not one of the things that take rent from you. It's not part of your tenants. Get rid of it. Rage. Slander. Anger. Bitterness. If you do these things, what do you say? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If you do this thing, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this testimony. I think I've shared it with a segment of the church. One thing that I can convincing, convincingly say to all of us is this. We have a God that truly loves us. If you listen to the message of that prophet that the angel told him about Nigeria... The first thing you see is the love of God. Is the love of God. I mean, a dying love from God. That with all these things that they are doing, please tell them to stop it. I want to heal their country. Whereas you and I have had those things and we have been angry. God is not angry with them. He's not angry with them. God is not angry with a believer who is reckless. But he has compassion because of his mercy. 
And instead of God condemning that believer, God condemned the act. But he beckons to him. Why do you do that to yourself? And that's where one of the underlying uh, 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 factors that it was God speaking. Because God said, don't you know the act releases demons from hell? Every act that is ungodly will attract an evil spirit from hell towards that act for punishment because it's eternal order of God. But then, God loves us so much. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to prosper. But we have to give our total heart and mind to the Lord. And I'll give you the testimony. You know, the last exam I did on my arbitration, I said this to, you know, in the midst of few people, that exam, if nothing else, shows that God is what he claims to be. Do you know why? Because I went to Benin Republic for crusade, and I have instructor arbitration exam coming right before me. It was when we were in, in the crusade, they released the lecture 10 days before the exam, because that's the procedure. 10 days before the exam. Now let me help you with this. The, the, the book itself is 16 chapters. And it, there's no way we can read 16 chapters, especially in 10 days. But I came to know it when I came back 7 days to the exam. So, I was talking to Dickin Charles. I said to Dickin Charles, I'm not going to do this exam. I'm, I don't like going to examination and they're asking questions and I'm looking up. I'm not the kind of person. I love to read and read and read and master the topic that I can teach it then before doing the exam. That is the kind of nature I have. I said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to go and fail. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my head. He said, if a member of your church came to you and asked you about this, what would you have said? You would tell him, go for it. And he reminded me, can you quit from what you have not started? It was my statement. He told me, can you, can you decide not to do what you have not begun? How can you say something is hard that you have, you have not even attempted it in first page? I said, Lord, I, I understand, sir. You are using my words against me now. I will do it. I will read. So I started reading that even if I'm able to read three chapters, let me study the three chapters thoroughly. Okay. So then I now said, Lord, let's have a bargain now. You know what? You will direct me on what to read. Because I cannot do half of my curriculum. I now plan my curriculum that I will read um, uh, nine chapters or so for each day. So I started. But you know, normally the way I read is I read the first time just to brush through it. Then I underline some things when I'm reading that. Then I read the second time and write down facts. Okay? Then when I read the same thing on the third time, I'm reading with the mind I want to teach it. That's the way my personal approach to reading. But here, I don't have opportunity to read twice. Because if I read twice, I may be reading three chapters in seven days. So, and these are chapters of books that, on the other side, they have, uh, you know, the laws, United Nations law on commercial control, CITREC, which is 
you know, a voluminous article. Then they have the New York Convention Law, which is another voluminous article. And in each of the things I'm reading, they are citing articles from each one and case laws of various countries in the world because it's international arbitration. So, I decided to take anxiety away. You know now, I'm at the mercy of God. Alright? So, every chapter, every verse I read, I study. Like I'm studying Bible. And as I was studying, I was telling the Holy Spirit, now help me. So, I now found out that the first three chapters, okay, covers the whole 16 chapters. Because the first three chapters, they went from what is arbitration to the procedure of arbitration to what are necessary in an arbitral court, composition of arbitral court, powers of the, of the arbitrator, the powers of the parties, everything you need to know about arbitration, international arbitration, is in the first three chapters. So those three chapters, when I was reading them, I was studying them, and all case laws that eventually in other subsequent chapters from chapter 4 to 16, they now took each topic and expand broadly, each topic and expand broadly, but one to three covers a summary of all chapters. So, the Holy Spirit now told me, write this case down. And I wrote the case down. Because you have several cases in a page or two. Write this case down. I wrote the case down. Write this case down. I wrote the case down. When I finished studying, when I got to chapter seven, I came to do the prophetic voice meeting. And I told mommy that I'm going to stop this meeting at nine. Because I need to, my exam is tomorrow. Some say, why, why don't you call the meeting off? No, I said, no, 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 no. I have given, um, the meeting is out. It has to be on that Monday. I can't call the meeting now because that's my first primary purpose. So, travel one hour from my house to the church. That is from five o'clock, go to church at six. Meeting starts at seven. I want to finish at nine. But the topic I was teaching, the ministers, spill over till 10.30. Can I stop God when he's giving information? The following day I'm doing examination. So, we finished eventually at 11. I got home at 12. That day, some minutes after 12. Then I now said to God, that, look God, we're going to make a deal here. You see all those case laws I have written, I have to know them in my head to be able to quote them. And quote the articles of both law books that will apply to those cases. I said, okay, now you have given me these four cases. I have to know them. Know the story, the decision, how it applies and all stuff. So, I read that till morning after the meeting on Tuesday. Seven in the morning, I've gotten dressed. I put it on my, on my telephone. When I went to the tube, I saw people reading on telephone. I know I'm not used to that system. When I got there too, I, I had no seats. As I was standing, hanging somewhere, I was reading those cases again, memorizing them, revising them, revising them, revising them. And I entered the exam hall. The first day, we did exam from 9 till 5. And strange enough, the president was there. Who, when I came in, all of us came in, he said, Alfred, that's using it because I've been communicating with him when I was studying, asking him questions 
or to explain to me some more details. I didn't know that he is the president. So, and they said he's the toughest man. So, people always love to be with him last. But the group I was put in, it was the first one that would take care of us. So, we now went through various cases under various uh, um, uh, uh, supervisors. And they graded us in each of those cases. Till five. You know, I haven't slept. When I came at that five, it was meeting here. Tuesday. So, I had to meet, come from, from uh, exam right here. I knocked off there and slept one and a half hours. And I started reading again till Wednesday. Because Wednesday is the closed door exam. Now, I passed the first one on, on Tuesday. Because those who didn't pass, they told them not to come the second day. A good number of us, at the end of the day, they just told them that, sorry, you have failed the first part of it. Now, second day now came. I read until I was sleeping, you know, dozing there and telling God, that is the real exam for me. Because you have to regurgitate things. What about if they ask me from what I don't know? When I got to the exam hall, question number, they said we have two parts. You do three in part one and you do two in part B. And you do three and uh, three. But when we got there, they didn't do that. They gave us four questions in part one and they said do all. Which is different to the normal standard. The part B, they gave us two questions with four parts and they said do all. Question number one, the Supreme Court case number one. I quickly wrote it down. Question number two, Supreme Court case number two, two. Wrote it down. Question number three, the Bermuda Supreme Court. I wrote it down. Question number four, the Supreme Court of, uh, um, uh, is it um, Germany or whatever, on, on uh, Italian, um, uh, Russian case. I wrote it down. Then I now began to write. So the first four questions, they were the four cases the Lord taught me. You know what I'm saying this to you? When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds. People were complaining the first day. Someone said, I read only three chapters. They booked hotel by the, by the, by the examination uh, uh, place. They said they are going to sleep there and read in exam. But here am I. I'm from Bilariki. Miles away. By the time I finished the fourth lecture, you remember when I came and I said, this one, I believe that God has done it. He has done it not only because he gave me the information, but God made me concentrate thoroughly on the first three chapter, which he told me strictly. By the time I read chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6 and 7, I now recognize that. All these chapters have been treated, the core of what they are, have been treated in the first three chapters. And I flip over, you know, to chapter 16. And I found out that all these things have been treated in the first three chapters. But in each of those chapters, they now made it very broad, looking at various cases comparison. And I came out, resolved this week in distinction. In distinction. Really, I received my certificate today. I'm going to show it to my trustees. In distinction. Now, the moment I came out in distinction, the letter came out to me that I should register him for my fellow straight away 
you know, the procedure to the fellow, which I did today. Between membership and fellow, they gave five years. But I'm already in it. So, I'm saying this because I want us to know this. When PVM, the work of the Lord came, I would have said that, oh, I have exam tomorrow. And maybe the Holy Spirit will have said to me, okay, then do the exam yourself. I will have failed. Number two, when I saw what I was going to do, I said I would not do it. And when I told Dickin Charles that, I don't think I can do the exam, how will he encourage me? He just said, well, Apostle, well, well because I can't read. I can't, I can't finish this thing. I told my wife that, what kind of examination is this? I said, maybe they made a mistake. They should have given us three weeks before. I said, okay, maybe they will do repeats after, and they'll go and do the repeat. But I paid. It's a lot of money. And then the Holy Spirit told me, in my own language, what you are teaching the church now, you hear it from me. Okay, let me start. Now, my starting was Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to go ahead, my decision is not to do it. Now, the church celebrates it now. Everybody that heard about it were shocked. Really, I have a son in Nigeria who is a judge. And he's a fellow. You know, my information has gone to you. Say, what? You got distinction in this thing? How did you do it? But how did I do it? It is the Holy Spirit. God loves us more than we think. I tell you, I can tell you that he loves us. And I can tell you that if he blesses your mind, you will know volumes that people may acquire for five years just like this. You will know it. When the Lord decides to have interest in man, everyone will love you. Everyone will. Because I remember in that examination, when they were evaluating us, when people are talking, the president will say that, Alfred, what is, what is your opinion? I want to hear your opinion. Several times throughout his course, Alfred, what is your opinion? And I will tell him my opinion. I say, okay, that's right, that's right. But he's a man that when you say nonsense, he say, stop it. <laughs> say it again. That's the kind of person he is. But everything I say, he just say, oh, that's good, that's all right, that's okay. What about you then? But I came out in 75. That is God for you. Let's stand up together. Do you know that unction is upon every one of you? I say that God will ease your lives. We're going to just thank God first of all for the Holy Spirit. If it had not been the Holy Spirit for us, our lives would have been miserable. We have passed through times and seasons in our lives that we felt there is no more way. We were totally hopeless. But if it had not been the Lord, by His Holy Spirit who has helped us, I want us to lift up our voice and thank God for the love of God. Thank God for loving you. Thank God for His Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. Thank God for His mercy for you. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, sovereign Lord, 
Thank God for every marriage. Every one of us here, we came out of a marriage. That is, God gave us as gifts to a particular marriage. That is how we existed. Thank God for your father. Thank God for your mother. Through whom God brought you forth. It's a privilege of life God has given to you. And if you have married, thank God for your marriage. If you have not married, thank God for your marriage. Because you will be married. Thank God for the fruits that have come out of you. Your children, each one of them, each one of them have destiny. From God. Thank God for the children that you are, you are yet to give birth to. Your unborn children that are coming from God. It is the mercy of God that man give birth to man. In the book of uh, 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 Proverbs 12, it says your life came from your father and in your mother you were incubated. Give God the praise for the mystery. How man come out of man. A young baby some years ago grows up and become a man or become a woman. And he is also bringing forth to human beings like himself or herself. Father, we bless your name. Therefore, begin to bless every marriage. We invoke the blessing of God upon every home in this place. We invoke the blessing of God upon every couple in this place. We invoke the blessing of God upon every marriage. <coughs> we come again to the session of Satan. The weapons of the wicked one. Tell the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's pray for those who are yet to be married. For counsel, for guidance. That the Holy Spirit will reshape our character and our behavior. All of us. Both those who are married and those who are yet to be married. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 says, Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. All these your meaningless days. <coughs> that God has given you under the heaven. Let us pray that God will grant us the grace to enjoy our lives. Our married life. Everything the man needs. To be able to be the father of their home that the Holy Spirit will endow upon us. Pray that God will examine every man here. If we are lacking anything that should make us good fathers at home. Good husbands at home. Both physically, mentally, financially that the Holy Spirit will endow upon all our men. In the name of Jesus, spiritually. Everything we need to be good fathers, to be good husbands. An example of a godly man that the Holy Spirit will supply unto us. Oh, Father God, let's pray for all the women too. Everything that women need to be good mothers and good wives to their husbands. That the Lord will endow upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everything that women need. Lord, wisdom to build house, knowledge to fill it with all good things. Let us pray for all our boys and girls, our singles, men and women, that the Lord will make them at this day before they enter into marriage. God will perfect their thoughts, perfect their character, perfect their nature. 
what some of us learned before we entered marriage that gave us problems that God will remove it from our offspring. God will help our offspring in this house to be reformed and reshaped. God will grant them insight, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. We want to spend our old age seeing all these young marriages survive and thrive and, and successful. We want to see all these our grandchildren growing and taking over from their fathers and parents while we are moving closer to go. Let us ask God to make this house the house of peace, the house of mercy, the house of knowledge. Let us pray for health in our bodies. Any health issues that hinder marriage, Father, bring forth healing. Bring forth healing, Lord. Bring forth your healing, Lord, upon every man and woman in this house. Upon every son and daughter, child, man, bring forth your healing, Lord, restoration. That the children born from our women, they will be perfect children without hair challenges. <coughs> that those who are sick now shall be made whole by the blood of the Lamb. We bring ourselves, O oh God, to the place of your hospital for healing and x-ray and transformation, Lord. Creating new parts into our bodies and energizing everything that was dead in us. Giving us good health and sound mind. Tell the Lord. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. One more prayer I want to pray. The Bible says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like all put upon the head of Aaron. The first prayer we are going to pray in this one is two parts of it is that God bind our hearts together in love. As brethren. Because when there is unity, God commands one thing. Not destruction, but blessing. We're going to say, let our heart be united. You know, when I teach you the word of God, every soul under me, both members of CFT, members of prophetic voice ministers, what should be your response is, Wow. Lord, we're going to give this a go. Because the Bible says you should emulate the life of those who lead you. And when I use my life for testimony, as I rejoice when I hear about your testimony, you should rejoice the more. As I'm proud of you, when you have successes, and I talk about it everywhere, you should speak about me too. Because we are bonded. You know, someone was in church on Wednesday. And the lady, when, when we finished, I was going out and I was, I greeted her, you know, shook her hands and stuff. And she said, she said, Apostle, 
Can I tell you something? I've been told so much about you. I said, by who? And she, men- she mentioned one of my daughters here, who they work together. Then I knew she's a lawyer. Oh, she said, but you know what? I'm so excited that I can see you face to face. I said, yes, this is me. I said, I hope what you heard about me is good. She said, too good. <laughs> I mentioned the name of my daughter. I said, yes, yes, she's a beautiful girl here. It's one of you. That is unity. She had flooded her office about Apostle Williams. But you know, at the time she came was when Pastor Josiah was saying that Apostle just finished his instructed arbitration with a, a, a distinction class. And she was there. And I just walked in at the back. And we started chatting. And I told her, we're proud of you too. That's unity. I celebrate you without being told. You celebrate me without being told. I'm happy for you. Happy for your success. Happy for your children. Raising your grandchildren. And you do the same thing to me. Happy for me. Happy for my wife. Happy for my children. Happy for my grandchildren. That is unity. So we're going to pray that God bind us together in love. CFT globally, prophetic voice, wherever they may be. Then the second prayer you pray is this. The unction upon the father of the house, let it come on me. I have told you, when I start PhD, I'm sure it will be the easiest ride in my life. Who will read it? Holy Spirit. He taught me how to hand over the steering wheel to him. I called my mates before in Burkina. He said, Apostle, you did it? I said, yes, I have just finished it. Not only that, I've commenced my route to fellow now. He said, wow. I said, but I told you two years ago. He said, I'm going to register tomorrow. I said, that's what I want to see. I would gather now. God gave me ease. The same thing to go to heaven, seeing angels, hearing the voice of God, operating the healing power. I didn't fast for these things. I don't fast for it. I just love God. So we're going to pray, Lord, bind our hearts together in unity and let the unction of the house rest upon me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. There is a depth in God that things go easy. It is a depth that counts the storms, flows in power and authority of the Most Holy One. And it says that whatever you do, you prosper. Let there be bonding in our hearts. With you, O Holy Spirit of God, let our heart be bonded together as one in the household of faith. For where, the, where there is unity, God commands blessing. Let us pray that Satan will not be able to penetrate our unity. He cannot penetrate our bonding. Among one another, among husband and wife and family, let there be bonding, 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 O God. The Bible says He is our peace. Who had broken down every wall. Sons of Satan, depart from every member of this house. Sons of light, arise from shackles and be broken and set free. Oh Lord, we pray for unity of heart and mind. That we are united in Christ. 
that we can see together, we can hear together, we can understand together. Oh, Mandaloshka Paradesa, we can love God equally. We can be selfless to God's service together. Iron will sharpen iron, oh God. Now begin to pray. Moses said, I wish that all men are prophets and that God will put his spirit upon all men. The Bible says then God took out of the spirit, he placed upon Moses and he put over the whole company of elders. <coughs> Tell the Lord, let the anointing upon this house work for me. This season, oh God, the ease that you have given to your son, let it come upon me. Pray and tell God, in everything that I do, let my testimony change. Let me see your hand of mercy and favor, oh God. Tell the Lord, for every member of CFT globally, when God visited Elijah, Elijah was in the loins. When God visited Moses, Joshua was in his loins. Father, we pray, we pray, we pray. Let the spirit you have placed upon me come upon every member of this church that they may be taken to heaven one after the other, that they may see holy angels of God, that demons will not terrify anybody, both young and old and infant and children. They will be poisonous peel for the devil in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, grant every member of CFT a faith that cannot doubt God. Never doubt in faith. Authority that is divine. Encounters that are unique. Manifestation that humble humanity and humble the devil. Let it arise in this house, in the life of every member. Let everyone be a tool in your hand. A battle ask in the hand of you, mighty warrior Jesus. That everyone will begin to fulfill destiny of heaven as you have written. And the powers of hell cannot hinder, delay, slow down. You frustrate every enemy. You frustrate every opposition that rise against us in this house and our children and our family. You frustrate every opposition. Every deterrent of the devil be alienated totally in the name of Jesus. Those who lay us waste shall depart from us. Everyone sit and sent to influence us negatively. Cut them off from us and our offspring. People that the devil sent to hinder destiny may they be far away from us. As night and day never see. So it shall be between them and us. So it shall be between our children and them. Build a wall of partition between us. And life wasters and destiny killers arise within us like a mighty warrior. Bring us, O God, into your books. Bring in resources for every member of this house to fulfill their God-given mandates. Arise and fight our battle, O God. That for us and our offspring, the Lord shall we serve. The mandate of heaven we shall fulfill. In the name of Jesus, everything that stands against that, let them be swallowed up. Let the ground open its mouth and swallow them up. Father, this is the mouth of power. Let there be freedom for all of us and our offspring. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Whose husband have been taken away from by the devil, Father, we rebuke Satan concerning them. We call 
those men back into their homes. People whose wives have left, we rebuke Satan concerning them. We call those women back into their families. People whose children have left, we rebuke the devil concerning them. We call those children back into their homes. The Bible said the Lord will restore the years the locusts have eaten. Father, it is time for Satan to eat his own mug. It is time for him to swallow his bitter poison. Let the air they breathe, O God, who opposes us be fire. Let the environment they dwell, those who are signed against us and our offspring, to hinder destiny. Let the environment be sulfur. May their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. May the hornets of God be released from heaven to pursue and destroy their powers over us. May we wake up in the day unto our God. Every one of us and our offspring shall serve the living God. Let light dawn for us in darkness. We exalt and magnify your holy name. We bless you, Lord. Lift up your voice and thank God. We give you the praise and honor and glory. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. We praise your name. sing it worship we praise your name with the northerly wind and there shall be a cyclone of the spirits in the midst of the people of the earth and many will stagger to and fro he says my hand of direction shall be upon you in those days you shall not be afraid for you will see with your eyes that which God is saying as men will stagger to and fro 
under the unction of the wrath of the Most High, has been attracted and triggered by the misdemeanor of men. It says that in this season shall my spirit be upon my elect upon the face of the earth, and they shall not partake, but direction and honor shall be given unto them, even in this season to come. For I am God, and I change not, says the most holy one, and I am he that is faithful to my words, and I am he that blesses my people, and I am he that gives reward to those who are diligently seeking me. Uh, in the season to come of famine, it shall come to pass that the angels will feed you from heaven and my angels shall make provision for you there'll be signs and wonders in the midst of mortal men as the outstretch of god shall come in the midst of the storm in the midst of the chaos in the midst of the hula baloo there shall be peace in the midst of the household of faith says the most holy one lift up your voice and worship